Alexa, play the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Playing Pulling Back the Curtain podcast TM from iHeartRadio. Continuing the latest episode. People, what's happening? What up with it? What you know good and what it do? We'd like to thank you for tuning in and spending your time with us. You're listening to Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, the most provocative, the most entertaining, the baddest podcast in the land. We're hitting you with the dopest topics, the rawest opinion while giving you straight up facts. That's right. No fake news here. I'm Jewel St. James. I'm Dead Press. I'm Novak. You can't stop our shine. We're giving sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's pod, we'll be pulling back the curtain with Big Dave Watson from Bulls Outsider and Ball Sports. Fellas, what's popping? All right, fellas, what's good, man? Uh, Novak, Jules, what's, what's, what's going on, man? Uh, the usual, man. It's, you know, it's, a, it's another weekend here. Uh, trying to find stuff to do around the house that don't involve me actually doing work. You know, just get ready to start the day. I hear you. I hear you. How you doing over there, Jules? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I'm, man, I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. Man, everything's good, man. Well, cool. Well, hey, we got a we got a special guest on the pod today, man. We got Big Dave from Bulls Outside and Bow Sports, man, pulling up with us. Big Dave, what's good, brother? Brothers, what is happening? First of all, I'm very proud of the way you just said ball. You were the first person to hit that correctly. That Thank is very you, awesome. Thank well, you, what, sir. And what they what they be saying, Dave? Well, oh man, I've heard a bunch of different variations. You know, a bow and. and <laughs> You know, like if people, you know, just don't hit it right. You know, see, I always tell them, you know, you got to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put that in there. You know, that that Southern, you know, gumbo got to be in you when you say that. Out okay, got to be spicy. We got yeah, you. just a little got to be spicy. spicy. You know okay. And, and Avery definitely keeps it spicy, don't he? Oh, man, it's his whole career. <laughs> 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 that's that's really what the name, yeah, that's where the name came from was we used to, we used to make fun and, you know, poke at Avery Johnson and the way he would coach on the sidelines. And we used to always say that. We'd be like, you know, yelling at people like, you know, Darren Williams, get the foul! Darren, get the foul! And that's, that's, that's exactly where that came from, was for our admiration and love of making fun of Avery Johnson. So, oh, yeah. that's what's up. That's oh, real, because I was going to ask you where, where, that, where that came from. Because that's yeah. definitely, that's definitely different. That, man. He sounded like yeah. my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, man, like, yeah, you can you can hear it all in there when he when he says it. Like, you you know everything about Avery Johnson when he talks. Like, as soon as he says anything, you know everything about him, where he's from, what he's been through, the kind of things he's went through. Like, you you can hear it in him, man. That, that's a country good brother too, man. So yeah, yeah, yep. we, got, we got love for Avery Johnson for sure, for sure. Well, man, dude, like, so I, there's so much I want to get into with our with our guest, Big Dave, man. First of all, man. This guy, he's the OG man in the pod, and man, like, dude, he, your pod goes back some years, don't it, man? Yeah, man, I, I believe we, I want to say we started like 2012, maybe 2014, but I know the, the first one we did was, was, was Bow, and that was like, like 2012, and then Ball on Bulls came probably two years later. So okay. uh, Ball is more focused on uh, all other sports and more culture than anything, because as y'all probably know, I, I love you know, a bunch of things like music and wrestling and, you know, just a bunch of other sports and things like that. And my partner, Chris, you know, he, you know, is into those things too. Well, outside of wrestling, he's definitely into music and Mm -hmm. uh, technology, you know, and all the other things. So that's what we kind of get that off, you know, on ball. But we um, decided to become more uh, specific to the Bulls because of our guy, uh, C-Red Fred, 
yeah. uh, who is the real OG all that because he um he he he's the one that encouraged me to start doing that and off oh, of his encouragement yeah off of his encouragement uh we started being focused strictly on the Bulls because you know we love the Bulls and most of our shows would you know deal with you know talking about the Bulls so we wanted to just give something specific because then we realized at that time there weren't a lot of Bulls podcasts out there uh there are a lot now for sure which is awesome yeah Yep. Um, but at that time, it, it wasn't. It just wasn't like that. It was Fred. It was um, uh, the oh god, I forget. I'm looking right at him, but I forget. But um, but yeah, oh, Bull Zone. Bull Zone was one of them that did. I remember it. that one. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. And there were several others with Doug Thonis, and you know there were there were a lot. And we just wanted to you know be a part of those things. And so when we started, we um, I told Chris like the whole point of this is we love the Bulls and we just kind of wanted to go at a turtle pace and just keep doing it and you know just keep pushing it along and keep putting it out and if we ever stop loving it then we would stop doing it but you know we still love it so we just continue to keep doing it man and yeah we appreciate people even you know knowing us from it like it's still a shock to me that people even know it and listen to it and, and enjoy it so but yeah it's, it's fun to do and I'm just grateful that uh that people listen. Yeah, and you know, the, one of the things too, that's how I actually came across you guys. A couple of years ago, you guys did a live event at uh, Peace Pizza. Shout out, Peace yeah, Pizza. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, C Rare Fred was uh, like a host. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I came across you guys, man. But that, so, yeah, you guys have definitely been doing your thing. Yeah, man, sure. that, was, that was a fun show. I don't remember tor- en- enough about that show towards the end. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, you know, because we did, we did two of them. We did one with uh, our guy Swirsky uh, from Swirsky Sports. That's Sean and Alex, Alex Pratt. And we did one show with them. And the second one we did was with C-Red Fred and uh, Doug. And then on that second show, they started giving us all kind of weird beers and I did I did not check the alcohol content on those beers. So I was like, I remember doing the show and it was awesome and I had a great time. And I was like, wait, what happened in the last 10 minutes of that show? Because I don't remember the last 10 minutes. I was like, I hope I didn't do anything insane. And I listened was, back like, no, I didn't. So I was cool. Oh, uh, you was cool. And it was funny because everybody wanted to get you a drink too. So it was, you know. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> when the guy who was making the beers came and just gave us the entire thing that he does he gave us some of every single beer that he makes and <laughs> that was man listen it was scary because you don't know the content and i didn't figure out the content until you know uh later which was like you know yeah he was like this one you know it's got like grapes and this and that and it's amazing and tasted and then i'm like oh you know it's like 15 percent alcohol great you know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like wow this is amazing like whoa why do i see colors right now like, <laughs> like this is crazy man. but, but it was it was a fun time right <laughs> it was a it was a real fun time man and and shout out to I, peace Pizza. i bet let's do that that was amazing so yeah it was a great yeah. time and I, and I think Peace Pizza, they're actually back open for uh, delivery and, and carry-out right now, too. Uh, oh, y'all, y'all should definitely get on that, man, because that, that piece is, is, is something special, which is yeah, why it's, it's, it's fire. Yeah. We, we, we actually did an episode a while back on our favorite pizza spots in, in Chicago, and that one actually just fell out of uh, our top five. But, man, that's definitely a good spot. Yeah, that's, that's a show we used to always do on Ball. Like, we used to do pizza shows, like, every week. Every week, <laughs> we would go around to a different – pizza spot and review it and that's all we did and that's kind of how we got known uh by peace and uh uh pequods 
Yes, sir. And uh, oh man, Coal Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all these dope pizza places, man. And and then we had some trash ones. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. <laughs> man but the uh, <laughs> oh man, I wish I could remember the name of one, dude. I just remember, you know, I don't listen when you got pizza in your name and you say that's all you do and your pizza is is average. I got a problem with you. You know, <laughs> you, know that, you can't you can't say you know we Burger Town and your burger and your hot dog is better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's something wrong with that. You know, you can't right. go to pizza place and like try our wings. Like no, nah, bro. Like, your Have pizza, a hot dog. Right, you know, right, right. You got to work your way up to the pizza. You know what I mean? You can't come full in on it. Like, your name is, we the best pizza. That's your name. Like, come on, man. But, but yeah, but, um, yeah, we love doing pizza shows, man. I want to I get back to that, too. Yeah, man, when, whenever this world opens back up for us and it's safe, man, I think that's definitely a good play, man. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Definitely a good play. Agreed. Definitely agreed. Well, man, let's. I'm going to get into it real quick, man. Like this, this is this is awesome to have you on here, man. You, you're a Chicago guy. We're all Chicago guys. I wanted to open this up to everybody, man. Let's talk real quick about, like, man, some of our favorite Chicago influences when it comes to this rap thing. Like, uh, who do you guys have and, and why? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna start off with Twister. You know, I'm gonna start off with six zero six four four. I'm from the West Side. Uh, to me, Twister, you know, he came in, he came in the era of hip hop pretty much where, you know, everybody was rapping fast and everybody was talking about different things. Uh, it's just that flow, you know, it's the fact that, you know, to see Carl around the West Side driving around still today is, is pretty unique to me at this point. There's somebody I grew up watching, you know, we had Do or Die, we had all different artists on the West Side and everything like that, but Twister is somebody that's, that's influential. That's what's up. What about you, Jules? Yeah, man. I, yeah, I mean, when you think of Chicago, I mean, you got common idea. Twist is always a good one and stuff like that. Uh, uh, man, I just had to echo off uh, Novak, man. Uh, Twister coming from the shot, man. I was a big Twister fan, especially when he came out with that, with his first track, with, with that first single, uh, Tongue Twister, man, and how he was flowing on that, man. It was like, damn, who who do? And just, you just grab onto him instantly and stuff. So, so yeah, I like that. Like you gonna say, Danny boy? No, oh, man. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, if if <laughs> never mind, never mind. Slip and slide. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm, I think I'm gonna echo off of you guys. I think Common, man. That to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He is. It's either him or Yay. But I, I got to go, Common, man. He's he's from the old neighborhood, man. And I don't know, man. Just that uh, that beat that B album. That, that was my joint. Yeah, that's a good pick. I mean, I still got to say, he addressed Ice Cube. That's when I pretty much became a common fan. <laughs> yeah, because he definitely went for him. Yeah. I won't tell you the name of that song, but I think everybody knows it at home, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, for me, uh, you know, you guys, I mean, you guys said all the greats. I mean, Twister, for sure. He was probably the one the first one I can remember that, you know, kind of made it to that national level, like you said, with Mr. Tongue Twister. And then when, uh, Tongue Twister. and then when, uh, uh, I remember when, uh, Pope Pimp came out and, you know, just how that is the Chicago anthem, you know what I'm saying? When that comes on, everybody kind of rises, you know what I'm saying? To, and removes their hats, you know what I mean? Like yes, for that anthem right there, man. Um, you know, rest in peace to Johnny P. Um, but, and, and then Adrenaline Rush, of course, that, that oh, album man. right there was oh, just, yeah. you know, and shout yeah. out to legendary Trackster on that one too. Oh my but, god, fire! 
Man, <laughs> classic. But you know, I, I would listen to guys. You know, I remember listening to Da Smart, and mm-hmm. um, definitely uh, Common. Common is my second favorite rapper of all time. I think he's the second greatest rapper of all time. Wow. Um, okay. mm. and, and trust me, I, I can argue it to death. <laughs> I, I, I love arguing it. I swear I do. It's my favorite thing to argue, man. It's why he's number two. I love it. Because there's only one reason he's not. And uh, if we get into it, I'll let y'all know what that one reason is. But um, but Common, he's, he's special to me. Uh, Lupe Fiasco uh, sure. is just an alien. And I don't think there's anybody really like him. Like, if I was in a battle, I was like, if you give me Lupe and Common, I think I can beat anybody. Um, cause yeah, they'll, 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 they'll definitely bar you. They'll yeah, bar you. Oh, to death, to death. And <laughs> yeah. of course you guys mentioned, you know, got people like psychodrama and crucial conflict, yeah. you know, and those guys like that. And even the newer guys that I came up with, like Rashid Hadi and Fillmore Green and, um, uh, D Jackson and eighties babies and, you know, guys like that from the city. But as far as like influence, uh, yeah. Common, Twister, Lupe, Kanye, you know, those, those kind of guys were supremely influential. What's you guys? What's you guys' favorite common album? Was it B or Like Water for Chocolate? Oh, Like Water for Chocolate. Yeah, that's, like water. Uh, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that was nice. Mm-hmm. It's a I special mean, album. B B is so different though. B is so B is like Kanye X common pretty much if you think about it. I mean, he doesn't have production. I mean, Kanye was in a, was in his own like element at that point. This is before Wyoming, before Kim Kardashian. Well, she might have been there, but she wasn't. She wasn't. She wasn't the main person at that time. Right. But. Uh, he was just so nice during B. I mean, the production is incredible. I bought it on vinyl a few days ago again just to listen to it. And I mean, the production is insane on that album. Wow, that's that's so crazy because we just did a ball show um, debating which album is better, Finding Forever or B. Um, because we that that those two we go back and forth on because I, sometimes I might have Finding Forever one day, and next day I might have B. And it's interesting because B is the only one I think between the two is the actual classic. Yes. Because of what it meant, like everything you just mentioned, you know, about the Kanye on there. Kanye, you know, was fish grease at the time. So, you know, having him on there and, and just, yay, I mean, just uh, Common coming back from Electric Circus and an album a lot of people, you know, kind of crapped on, you know what I'm uh-huh. saying? But, which I thought was dope, though, personally. But a lot of people kind of uh, crapped on it and like, man, where you going with the crochet pants and hat? You know what I'm saying? You dress like a lampshade. You know what I mean? Like, what you doing right now, son? And, <laughs> you know, Castle's on them. You know what I mean? And rightfully so. I understood it. But, you know, it was just a return to Chicago. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of what mm-hmm. beat was and how special it was. But Finding Forever, just, oh, my God, Black Maybe is on there. Like, that album is so crazy. Like Water for Chocolate. I'm off of Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, also don't don't forget about that track with Bilal on there, man. So far to go. I mean, that, oh man, that that track when it comes on, man. When you when you hear him in the background, just just blowing, and the comment comes on and blesses the track. I mean, that production is insane. I mean, I think with Electric Circus, that was the Erica Badu moment. Yeah. You know, once, yeah. once Erica Badu touches your soul, she changes you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, th- three stacks ain't been seen since. You know, I don't know what happened. I don't want no part of Erica Badu. You know, it's she'll she'll make you a gossip. She'll make you a Grammy Award winner, but you will disappear. I mean, it might be worth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, you ain't one right there, Big J. 
don't know. I might, I might take a swing. I mean, oh, hey, man. Girl, I mean, it, it wasn't like she made your life worse. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, well, she changed her clothes. <laughs> she, she, opened your, she opened your third eye. And yeah, then you, you, know, you know, I, I didn't like this shirt no way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't like them wings anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, Jules. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, man. But, hey, look, but that, but that Finding Forever uh, album, but you know, you had two Chicago cats because it's permanently produced by uh, Kanye, so mm-hmm. you, you can't go wrong when you got a producer like Kanye, Kanye in, your, in your back pocket there. So true, indeed. Oh, true, indeed. Sure. Well, I mean, it's crazy. So, man, we talking about these legends, you know, in Shot Town and in the game. And this past week, you know, we saw two legends going head up in versus. We had DMX, and we had. Uh, immortal Snoop Dogg, man! Did you guys take a look at that uh, battle, and what you guys think? It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm happy to see D doing a lot better. I like that new DMX. You know, he's a lot bigger than what we used to. You know, Boomer, Boomer on his back is definitely stretched out right now. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I definitely say that you know he brought some heat, man. People got people got to remember that DMX, man. You know, he was at a time in hip hop when everybody was hitting the weight room. You know, for that was my weight room era, pretty much. And, you know, he just made you feel good. I mean, Snoop. Snoop is like a vampire. He's been through every decade with us right now. You know, he's immortal. I do agree with you that on that one, Press. I mean, it was a great battle. You know, I had man, I gotta give it, I gotta give it to D in that battle. I hate to say this, but there you go. That's what man, I'm talking about. I mean Novak, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, D was locked in. He was still he was still rapping his own songs. You know, Snoop was just hot. You know, he was hot. Yeah, go ahead and play the go ahead and play this track. <laughs> You know, so so you know, Snoop was Snoop was in his own element. I mean, he's wearing his own doggy style uh, hoodie. He had a T-shirt on. <laughs> he was doing a lot of marketing. Now I, I think he came to win just based off who he was. But DMS actually sweat and worked it for that victory. I, I will tell you this, man. This was probably one of the best uh, versus battles that I saw. And you're right. I mean, DMX, he he came with it, man. He actually surprised me. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect DMX because he's a legend, but I kind of went into this thing thinking that Snoop was going to just you know, wash them. And it was a lot closer to me, at least. I don't know. What would you think, Jules? Man, listen, I know, um, unfortunately, I didn't catch all of it. I had to work and stuff like that, pay bills and, you know, have it. But I learned, I listened to a lot of DMX tracks and a lot of Snoop Dogg tracks to know that put them two together, it's going to be a, it's going to be a nice battle. But like Novak said, DMX will get, get, uh, will, will get the victory. Only because how he come, how he come with it. He come hard and he come strong with these with these verses and these lyrics and stuff like that. You know, Snoop, I love Snoop. You know, like we said, like nobody said, man, we grew up with Snoop. Uh, you know, in the 92 when he came out with that explosive track with uh, Dr. Dre on that deep cover uh, soundtrack. Then followed by that up with nothing but a G thing and all that stuff. Man, that dude boy was slaying it. Uh, but with all that being said, Man, DMX is DMX is the man. Like Novak said, I was in there in the gym. I was in the gym the other day listening to DMX working out. So. What was you listening to? Party up. <laughs> it was a mixture of stuff. It's a party. Look, you you doing with that one? Cause he was like, oh, man, man, I had that on me. <laughs> <laughs> You made his Delta go back to no, his man. chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, man. Hey, look, look. Hey, I, hey, I was listening to a whole different different tracks, man. But first start off with that, with that, it's dark and hell is hot. Like, I always mm. got to start with that one. Yeah. Okay, okay. You listen to that Damien track? 
<laughs> oh yeah, that's a dope one too. Both of them oh, actually. Man. Well, well, I'll tell you on the verses, man. He uh he hit him with that slipping, and that was when he hit that. I was like, damn, I'm about to mm. drop this remote. Mm. <laughs> slipping, is, slipping is so dark. When you listen to that song, you just be in the room like, man, I see you, D. I feel what you're going through. And then you be like, I need to go outside and get some fresh air. This song is depressed me. <laughs> but I mean, you think about it. That was just his rawest single, man, in his whole catalog. Just to me, you know. I mean, how's it going, man? You know that track, man. He was, you know, uh, that track when he's talking about the girl in the relationship. That is still one of my favorite. That's still one of my favorite DMX tracks. I mean, that's nice. Uh, all the Damien tracks when he just rapping. You know, it's it's a lot of what Method Man did pretty much on Takao. You know, well, not 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 Takao, but uh, when Biggie did that, pretty much on Ready to Die, he was changing voices pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's to hear DMX talk to himself in the conversation. It was so sick on the Damien tracks. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. I also think too, though, though you know what what these bitches want. He <laughs> he did that whole mm-hmm. verse named off every female. I'm still up here like he still remember all them chicks. He's still reminiscing. <laughs> the He's still reminiscing. They ain't around no more. So he thinking about oh man, good times. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, man. For me, I, I thought Snoop I thought Snoop wanted, but it went like I thought it would because. Like you said, a lot of people said Snoop was gonna wash them and whoop, and I and I kept telling people like, no, nah, y'all don't remember DMX? Like that's DMX. <laughs> mm-hmm. DMX is the only artist in history to have two number one albums in the same year. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. unbelievable, dog. Like so, y'all don't remember who he was, and it was it was I, it was super close, and I was very happy it was super close because it was probably for me it was the best one I had seen. Yeah, uh, out there, and I like the fact both of them perform were performing them. Like you mm-hmm. said, man, I love when Snoop did the Gin and Juice performance. I thought that was cool. Yeah, um, and then just hearing the little things like DMX saying that "Get at me, dog" was because of Snoop. Yep. Saying you know he got that because you know Snoop came to him was telling him "Yo, get at me," and he thought that was real slick, so he turned it into a song. That's mm-hmm. cold. Hearing that, mm-hmm. Snoop, hearing that Snoop freestyle G's and hustlers. Like blew my mind. Like I was like, yeah. that was a freestyle. Like that's yeah. crazy. You know what that's, crazy. Like, that's crazy. And you know the kind of perfectionist Dr. Dre is. So mm-hmm. for you to freestyle oh, a song and Dr. Mm-hmm. Dre to be like, okay, cool. Like you, right. you got to be something special, man. So and right. then and then oh, I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, considering it takes uh, Dre 15 years to release albums, so no, you're right. <laughs> right, right, man. Right. I'm, still, I'm still waiting on detox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but. But yeah, like just, and then the fact that Snoop, dude, Snoop didn't even play, even use like all of his bag. Like he had a bunch of other tracks that he just didn't even use. Like he could do a part two with someone, just not yeah. even using the songs he used on there. Like he didn't even play Let's Get Blown, which is, I love that song. Yeah, you know what I'm that's, no, he you know, he, he didn't even drop that one on him. Man. He didn't even go in his pop, pop music bag. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't, he didn't go in that. Like he had so many songs he could pull out, man. But you know, he just kept it kind of doggy style. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. and, and joints like that, a little little top dog in there, you know, and stuff like that. But. Yeah. Yep. But I'll say, man, hip hop won. I mean, obviously, mm. you know, we mm. all have our you know things about who might have won. But you got to look at this, man. This was like mm. the the golden era of a fucking gangster rap, man. This correct. was this was that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. And the dopest part was how hip hop it got at the end when they just threw the beat on and they both just started freestyling. Yes, sir. Oh, I, I was like, yes, I was going crazy when that happened. I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that's hip hop right there. You know what I'm saying? Just after all your songs is done, can you spit? 
know what I'm saying? Can you rhyme? You know what I mean? And both of them dudes, you know, they love to rap. You know what I mean? You know it. Like both yeah. of them are like that. So, yep. I, yeah, I, I loved it. I, lo- I loved that whole battle. It was great. I mean, they showed so much love. I mean, you got an East Coast rapper and a West Coast rapper, and we know mm. what that was like back in the day. But just to see those two guys on that same platform, yeah. that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, like nobody said, man, it was good seeing DMX, man. Uh, doing well for himself, you know. Yeah. He's, he's bigger. He put on weight and stuff. like looking good and stuff. And, you know, I guess he, I guess he preaching now. So that's, hey, man. Yeah. He's, that's he good, too. Over. He was sober the whole time. I was yeah. like, I know, really man. proud of him. Like, Rick's a rock, Rick's a rock in the room. <laughs> right. With some rock, right, some rock and weed in the room. Yeah, he, was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm drinking this Kool-Aid, baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> What's in that Kool-Aid, DMX? Yeah. Dark <laughs> man. What's in that, dark man? Dark he kept man, yeah. He kept sweaty. He kept looking at the Ciroc. He, he saw that cold, sweaty when it. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. Temptation, baby. Oh, he fought it. He fought it. Slipping. Yeah. Me, <laughs> me, meanwhile, Snoop over here taking chronic breaks. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this, hey, not less after when. Go ahead, bro. No, no, no. Go ahead, D Dub. Go ahead. Man. No, no. I'm saying, was wasn't that so cold? That part when X was like, yo, I need to take a break. And then Snoop still keeps you entertained. Yes. That entire time. Like, how cold is that? Like, how dope of an entertainer are you? You know what I'm saying? That you still don't keep. And shout out to Battle Cat, you know, who was DJing, man. Yeah, Battle Cat was doing his thing. Killing it out there, man. So, yeah, it it was great. That was just a great show. It was just a great show. And you're right, man. Snoop's an entertainer, man, because he just, like, picked up. He started sea walking. Right, right. Oh, man. <laughs> mm. Man, that was the weed right there. <laughs> yeah. But who, who would you guys want to see in the versus battle? Mm. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I, I definitely want to see Jay-Z getting one. Um, I, w- I would love to see Common getting one. Me too. Um. Man, I love to see Kanye getting one. I like the net. I like to see Pharrell getting one. That would be dope too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, it's man, it's so many. Like, it's so so dope. Like, it's because there's so many wonderful things you can do with this. Um, if people are down, but yeah, those are the first names uh, off the top of my head I could think of that I would just really like to see. I, I want to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, my man. I want. I want a spouse battle. I want to be at a saber Jay Z. That's what mm. I want. <laughs> I want a battle for the house. That's what I want. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, 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 Novak, we we seen that and it cost five hundred dollars. Oh, oh no, I wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> oh, we, we we seen that one already. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want to hear her play. I'm sorry, and I want him to follow up. Where I'm, you know, I want him to follow up with uh, one of Marcy, one of Marcy, me or something like that. That's <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> what about uh no limit versus cash money catalog? Oh, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd security. be interesting. Need yeah, security. Need security. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need security. But I mean, you think about those catalogs. You got a lot of bangers, man, between those two. Yeah, two record labels. Ooh, that is C- true. Is C Murder gonna make an appearance? Is the question. No. <laughs> well, on Zoom. <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> still in there? Yeah. Man, sure is. <laughs> yep. Wow, that's sad. He sure is. But yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, that, that would be. Well, man, like, let's, let's, you know, some other things that have been interesting uh, during this week. Did you guys see uh, Tyson's making his comeback against Roy Jones? Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, no, man. Man, that's going to be Is that how interesting. you feel? Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, Roy Jones couldn't touch his toes the other week. I was watching him. He was working with a chiropractor, and they had to, like, basically fix his back. 
And I'm thinking about Mike Tyson at 54 looking like, man, somebody angry uncle, you know, with, with, a, with, with a crazy combo, man, wearing Versace underwear, man, fighting trainers, breaking their hands almost. I mean, I, I don't think you want no part of this Mike Tyson, man. I mean, it's like yeah. something snapped inside of him. Something's not yeah. right again, you know, and I think you can see that passion again, but you see that mm. crazy too. Mm. And Roy Jones, you know, he's been in Pensacola, man, living good. He needs to stay away from this, you know. <laughs> I, I love Roy Jones. I mean, I want him to I want him to fight more roosters. I want him to be able to, <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be able to talk about, you know, all his great boxing moments. I don't I don't want to see Roy, Roy Jones get hurt in the exhibition. Oh, you know, because I think man. Mike can hurt him at this point. Well, the the one thing that they did say though, they are going to be fighting with the uh, the larger uh, ounce size for the so, gloves. Okay, all right, good. Because I'm about to say they can't do no ten, no ten no. ounces, ten, twelve ounces, nothing like that. No, you, Mike will probably need twenty, mm. and Roy will probably need ten <laughs> to make it a fair fight. <laughs> but oh, I don't, man, I, but I tell you one thing, I'm ordering it. Oh yeah, oh no question. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching this. Like I got excited the second I heard this. I'm like, yep, I'm watching. Yep, good way, good. Mm. Couldn't wait to watch it, man. Mike, it's Mike Tyson, man. It's Roy exactly. Jones Jr. Like Roy Jones Legends. Jr. Was, was at that time for me the greatest fight I, I had ever seen. Like I'd never seen nothing like Roy Jones Jr. The dude hooping in the morning and then at night go knock somebody mm -hmm. out. Yeah, like like insane, dog. Like Roy he, Jones was just completely unorthodox and you couldn't pound for pound. Yes, pound for pound, bro. Like Roy Jones Jr. was that deal. Yes, he was. He was trying to hoop that jump shot was busted, but at least he was getting cardio. He was hooping. He was running. You know what I mean? Y'all must have forgot. Like he had. Oh, that song. Yes, sir. I remember that. Jules had that song rotation. Oh no. That that Diaz oh, song, boy. man, must be the money. I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Man. <laughs> man, you know what, man? I get put that. I get put that in my lineup, man. Thanks for reminding me. No oh man, man. that's what I'm. Hey, <laughs> that's awesome. Man. Forget. Oh man. See, you know, you see Big Dave pulling up and dropping gems. Hey man, <laughs> <laughs> so, man I'm, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. <laughs> you better make get bigger. Oh man. <laughs> Boy, y'all wild, boy. All right. <laughs> you, you'll be able to see the white wall behind them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all shoulders. That's all I was going to be. It's all shoulders. All shoulders, man. Skip, skip leg day. You know what? I got a, you know, I got some, I got a flag. So I'm going to put a flag in this background, man. Make it, make it more. Okay. A little something. What picture of you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be nice, too, Novak. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Looking like Kimbo Slates in the background. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh, I That's hope I'm just a little, little bit better looking. A little bit better looking. Oh, man. A oh, little bit. Y'all scared me about, about Roy, though, because I haven't seen Roy. I've definitely seen Mike. And Mike yes. is ready. Mike is, is ready. Oh, Mike ready. Man. It, you seen the videos with that hand speed, bro? Oh, my oh, goodness. Man. My. Like, how are you still this intimidating at 54? Like, you still this dude. You are still that intimidating. I'm, I'm watching him swing and. You can feel the wind from the punches through the screen. You know what I'm saying? Like this dude is, man. He's 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 a monster, dude. He's always been one too. Yeah, man. And see, the thing that, and, the, and the thing that they messed up on was letting him get clean because now he ain't got clean. He out there, you know. He yeah. getting his he getting his weed on, but that's it, you know. So yeah, he, yeah. So Mike, he ready. I mean, he was devastated with the coach, yeah. though. I mean, now you're talking about is he faster <laughs> because. You take, the coat, you take the you coat away, you take the wood away. I mean, because Mike, you know, the 80s, that's what they did for fun. You know? that's right. <laughs> that's yep, right. that is right.
But man, I don't, I don't know. I still think, man, this is gonna be super entertaining. And did you guys also see on the undercard that uh, Nate Robinson's gonna fight? Yeah, fight oh, what? Nah, I ain't see that. <laughs> yes, he is. He's fighting yeah. um, a YouTuber named Jake Paul. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You talking about the guy that hates on him because of his show? <laughs> That's gonna be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I, ah, okay. I know yeah. what that is. Yeah, man, that's that's, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 give me. Do we know what we know about what we know about the YouTuber? Is it was it is he tall? How's his reach and all that stuff? Because it don't matter. That's a professional yeah. athlete. It don't so. matter. It don't yeah, matter. Okay. They go. They yeah, go whoop him, bro. They, they, they gonna whoop that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Nate is one muscle man. I used to sit around the city. He would jump out of the car. You know, Nate's head is huge. So he jumps out of the car. And he, he disappears for a second, and you walk over like, <laughs> like, man, this dude is swole, man. You see him? The all the chicks he wear are taller than him, and he look mm-hmm. at you like, what's wrong? I'm like nothing. What's right. Up, Nate? Right. <laughs> ain't, ain't a thing wrong, man. Ain't a damn thing wrong. <laughs> you got it. You got it, Nate. I mean, he was a football player. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A basketball player. He's an athlete, like you said. That dude is an athlete in, yeah. in top shape, and he's always in shape. Always, you know what I'm always ready to go. But I don't know anything about my man. I just know he's a YouTuber. That's that's all I know about him. Okay. When I saw him, I was like, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> that, don't, that looked like prime left-right combination right there, brother. <laughs> like, he, he looked oh, like he about to, okay. just, just, about to just take straight, a couple. Two pieces. Man, two he look, pieces. He, man, he about to take a couple, bro. Like, it just looked like that. I, I Maybe I have to do more research on him and see if he's fought before or anything, but, man, I, I don't know. On the keyboard. On the keyboard, man. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It don't man, look good. It's going to be interesting. No, right. it definitely don't look good. But, yeah, yeah. man, this, this fight is going to be September. I think September 12th, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, man. So, man, listeners, tune in, man. It's gonna be great. Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, let's 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 get into some some Bulls talk, man. We got a Bulls outsider and a Bauer Bulls, uh, you know, podcaster, Big Dave. I'm gonna turn it over to you real quick, man. Why the fuck is Jim Boylan still employed by the Chicago Bulls? Quarter mass want to know, man. Um, you know what? I, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, but I will say this. I, I will say this. I'm not panicking. I'm not worried and I'm not concerned. And the reason that is is because I've seen AK and I've seen Mark Evansley and, and what they've done so far. And even going back to what I saw uh, AK do in Denver, lets me know they are basketball logically sound. And keeping Jim Boylan as your coach is not a logical basketball move. Like, you can't explain to me logically why he should be basketball logically, why he should be your coach. You can explain it to me like economically. Like I can hear, I can hear that argument, you know, why money wise, but there's nothing you can say basketball wise. Like, yeah, you know, he he should go ahead and get another year coaching guys who don't want him around. You know what I mean? Like you you saw Laurie Mark in his game suffer. You know, you, you saw uh, Daniel Gafford the other day saying, he, I like, I don't really like him, but he cool. Like you you saw him say this, Mm -hmm. you know, about this coach. You saw yep. Zach Levine many times on that sideline. Like, why? You know, you saw that. Like, why are mm-hmm. we calling the timeout, dude? Like, what yeah. are you doing? What are you doing? So that, many. That young. That young. young. Yes. That, oh my gosh. That young too. Yes, man. Like, so many guys like coming out telling you like we don't know about this dude. Like, he's a nice person. And and let me and I'll tell people that all the time. He is a good <laughs> dude. Like, I'm the couple of times I met him, he's a nice guy. He's a dude, he's a dude I would love okay. to drink a beer with and watch a game with. I just don't want him coaching the team I'm watching. You know what but, I'm saying? Like I don't need fair. that. He's not good sure. at that. And but, but only if he's paying for that beer, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> 
It's on you, man. It's kind of cheap, man. Hey, you go tell. Hey, you go tell. Hey, you go tell. You go tell, brother. Hey, man, you get round one. I get the second one, but you never do it. Man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, man, what you doing? You see, boiling on the divvy riding away. You know what I mean? On the divvy, right? All kinds of money being saved. Like it's ridiculous. But oh man. But I mean, just looking at it and understanding that. I can't, in my head, like, I'm kind of putting it like, okay, well, we don't know exactly when the next season is going to start. That plan isn't even in motion yet. Uh, there okay. still might be this Delete 8 thing happening, this second bubble, you <laughs> know right. what I'm saying, that might be happening mm-hmm. in Chicago, where you can let him go ahead and coach practice, you know, and give him his time and, and let him look at that and evaluate that and then send him home. Um, so I'm like, there, and then there's, for me, there's no real rush to do it like today at this point in time, because like, we have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Like there's no set plan for the NBA, but after this bubble, like there's really no set plan after this bubble and after that draft, like we don't know when the season will begin. They wanted to start on Christmas, but we don't know, you know, we, right. we don't know. Are they going to go back to the bubble for Christmas? Are they going to be back in arenas? I mean, it's, it's so many unanswered questions right now. And I think that's the other reason. And, and, and still, you know, having him is still a represent, uh, representative of your team. So right. it's still things going on that you can have him go out to um, as a coach of the Chicago Bulls because nobody wants to see. Listen, I'm sure Paxton don't want to do it, even though he's an advisor. Um, I'm sure AK don't want to do it. I'm sure Mark Evansley don't want to do it. But right. Bradley, you're like, you know what? Yeah, you, you go out there to, to the local park right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Chicago Bulls real You know, quick get some for. scraps, man. Yeah, you know get what I'm saying? Go, yeah, go do that real quick. You still on the contract. You can do that. Yeah. So I, I think all of that is, is kind of why they haven't made that move. And I understand Bulls' frustration. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because they came in and they did everything that we, we asked them to do. You know, you got golf for them and out of here. You put John Paxson back as the advisor. You got out the dude who was number two on my hit list in Jeff Tanaka. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you got him up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, man. don't even get me started on that guy. Mr. Oh, sweater. My God, man. Mr. I'm so, oh, I hated all them sweaters. I, hated I hate them, them too. Couldn't stand them sweaters, dog. This dude was the worst. I couldn't stand them, dog. He, miss, I mean, he, he, he misdiagnosed every damn injury. Every oh, injury. <laughs> like, every injury. And then he takes his time getting the players on the court. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then man. I'm watching him, you know, just have on, like, one glove while he's taking blood from people. I'm like, you can't even put on two gloves, bro? Like, you, what is what are you doing yeah. out here? This, this is simple stuff. He, he, just, he just really bothered me. So, yeah, when he, when he got out of here, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay out the kitchen. I'm going to let AK cook. You know yep. what I'm saying? It might take longer than I want, but you know what, bro? Just go ahead and cook because what you what I smell coming out of there smells awesome. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm going to just give you your time and let you do your thing. But I understand everybody wanting boiling out of here. I understand the panic, you know, because he's trash. I get yeah. all of that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I'm just saying I'm going to give this dude time to cook until he shows me that, you know, he's going to keep this dude. So I, for me right now, he's still got time. So I'm just okay. I'm just leaving it alone okay. right now. I, I will say this: if that second bubble comes to fruition, which it ha- that proposal hasn't been uh, accepted by the league yet, but if that comes to fruition, I have no issue with with boiling, coaching, conditioning, doing all that kind of stuff. But the moment that thing is over, he's got to get up out of here. Yeah, got to get up yeah. out of here. Yeah. Mm. I mean, he's he's only still here because you know, and of course, Reinsdorf, uh, the owners love him. Yeah, they love Jim Boylan, and they want mm-hmm. they want him to get another fair shake. So you kind of. AK is trying to, uh, this is just me speculating. It's kind of trying to walk that fine line of how can I please the owners and appease them 
and also at the same time, you know, help my team, you know, that I'm trying to craft and put together and move forward because I still want to evaluate guys because you can't really evaluate this talent under him, you know, because they don't like him. No, <laughs> they don't want to they don't want right. to play for him. You know what I mean? They don't. They don't want to play for yeah. him. So it's kind of hard to do that. And on top of that, his offensive system, which is another story for another day, but it doesn't fit these players. At all. Not one bit. Man, what he did to Lori Marketing, man, listen. What he did to my man, Lori Marketing, is still angering to me. Like, like, all all his highlights, if you watch his highlights from last year, all the cool things he was doing was the fluidness of him was coming off of pick and rolls. He was pick and roll. He would get it, fake, maybe go to the bucket, maybe shoot that three, whatever. He they off of pick and rolls this year, he, he 14 shots. <laughs> 14 off of pick and rolls. He shot 203 shots standard. Like just standing there and oh. shooting. 203. They tried to turn him into like Tyler Zeller. Yeah. Like, like yeah. it's insane. They tried to make him Luke Cornett. You know what I mean? Like, this, oh my God! Oh, Don't even mention that guy's name on this, here, man. This, this, <laughs> for real, if you watch, if you watch Luke Cornett in that offense, he looked comfortable, didn't he? he did, did Luke Cornett look comfortable? He, he looked hella comfortable. Yeah, that's his spot kind of shooter. offense. Yeah, right. Exactly. I can set a pick and just spot up and shoot. Great call. Awesome. I can just stand out here and shoot. Great. Awesome. That ain't Lori game, man. No. no. Did you hear what Boylan mm-hmm. even said? He said that if Lori wants to get more touches, he needs to get the rebound and start yeah. the break. Yeah, like, what? And then, yes, he said this. And then Lori said to that, he was like, yeah, Coach said he wants me to, you know, get those rebounds. He was like, because he said, coming into the season, I was getting like 80 touches a game. After that, my touches were cut in half this year. So he was getting 40. He was like, so what does he want me to do, grab 40 rebounds? You know what I'm saying? He was like, dude, he was like, that's a little tough. Damn. You know what I mean? That's a little – Joe Boylan said he wanted the team to average 36 assists a game. That has never been done in NBA history. Ooh, <laughs> the closest was like Man. 31. Like 36 a game, bro? Like, what is, what is you want? What is you want? <laughs> Without John Stockton and Carl Malone, it's not possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, it's, it's never happened. It's yeah. never happened. Yeah. You get Magic and Stockton, and it ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's right. never happened, dog. And then you want this team, this young team to do that? This team to do that? You're, no. It, Insanity, yeah. dog. Like the man's unrealistic, right? Unrealistic, yes, right? Completely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, what's your take I, on I the don't know, man. I mean, situation? I'm sorry. Go ahead. What's your take on the Kobe White situation? You know, I I feel like you know I I like the way they brought him along, but I felt like he should have been starting a lot sooner. And because I'm, I'm watching, you know, you know, no disrespect to <laughs> to what they were trying to do, but man, Kobe can cook. You know, defensively, he'll figure it out. Right. I mean, I just – what's your take on that one, Dave? Let me tell y'all, brothers, man. From the beginning, after that game in November where he went and snapped out um, when uh, when Roy Williams came, when Roy Williams showed up at the game to watch him play and, and Kobe White went insane. From that moment on, every time I went on Bulls Outsiders, I was asking that question, why isn't Kobe White starting? Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense to me. I, I thought he should have been starting to start the season. Right. Like, because I'm watching him some, I'm like, okay, why? Yeah, this the one. Yep, him. Yep. Play him. Yep. Play him. Because I'm looking at who you got. And I was like, okay, you got Tomas Sadoransky. Okay. <clears throat> All <throat> right. You got a guy who, who is a career backup. Mm-hmm. That's what he do. He's a backup, you know, yep. to John Wall. And you got him because he was, you know, killing y'all last year. He was killing the Bulls last Cooking year. It. Cooking the ass. <laughs> Which is the reason they got him and also the reason they got Luke Cornett. Because Luke Cornett was cooking the Bulls when he was with the Knicks, man. So mm-hmm. that's the reason they got those two guys. 
But Sadoransky, I was like, you know, to start, though, I get it. It makes sense. You know, he's a little further along as far as, you know, experience. Um, you just want to see how it goes to start the season, fill it out. Yeah, okay, fine. Makes sense. You paid him a new contract to come in here. Great. But as soon as he has a game like that, in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's your starter. That's the guy who should be coming here and add that kind of excitement to your team. And I'm arguing with people. I, don't, I can't tell you how many people I got into debates with who were trying to tell me, no, keep him on the bench, use him as Ben Gordon and things like that. I was like, you, first of all, they shouldn't have been using Ben Gordon that way anyway. That's right. <laughs> like, right. He should have right. mm-hmm. been starting too. But I don't, at the care, same, I, don't, I don't care if he was 5'11". Yeah, it didn't matter. Buckets. <laughs> Buckets. <laughs> Buckets. Winning the game is what it's about. And that's what he did. And that's and I'm like, okay, but Kobe White isn't Ben Gordon. That's not his game. He's not the, that kind of player right there. Dude. He, he's a combo guard. Like, he's showing you he's 6'5". Like, you got a 6'5 combo guard who's fast and mm-hmm. who, who's intelligent mm-hmm. and, you know, and who – who is a killer. Like, you can see it in him, man. Like, he wants to be great. You see it every time he plays. So, from November, man, I was just screaming, start this dude. Like, what else you got to lose? We ain't doing nothing this year. Like, why do you have Tomas Sadoransky? Why are you starting Archie Yakano? Why are you starting Shaq Harrison over over this dude? Because you're not – it's not making basketball sense to me, you know, why you're starting these guys. So, and then when Kobe White finally – and then the other thing, another Jim Boylan thing – Another reason I don't like him. Uh-oh. Kobe White came. Kobe White came out and said when he was first got here, and he was shooting his shots. You know, Kobe White's game was getting to the paint. You know, and mm-hmm. shooting that little mid-range jumper, yes, killing him with it. Right? Yep. They told him it was a bad shot, and they right. told him to stop doing that. Stop right. shooting those mid-range shots and try. You know, and do something else. Which is why he started struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, all the way up until and then when <laughs> about. When late January, February hit, you saw Kobe say, you know what? Screw it. You know, I ain't Screw listening that. to y'all, yeah. man. But I'm, a, I'm here to get buckets. Like, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And when he started doing that, 30 points, 30 points, 30 yep. points, rookie of the month. When he started playing his game, you know what I'm saying? He's not worrying about uh, what Jim Boylan and all them wanted because they were telling him incorrectly. So, yeah, I, I, Kobe White, once people saw those 30-point performances, then – you know, it kind of clicked in their heads that, oh, maybe he's good. I'm like, yeah, I've been telling y'all that. Remember <laughs> that you start this dude. You don't, you don't put a talent like that on the bench. Like, not like that. You don't put a talent like that mm-hmm. and say, you know what, go ahead and sit on the bench behind the players he was sitting behind. If you got somebody better than him, great. Then I have no problem with it. You know, that's okay. But the goose you were putting out ahead of him is, is, was insulting to me. Yeah, definitely insulting. And you know, probably Zach Levine probably got in his ear and was like, "Boy, you better shoot that mid range and keep it moving, bro." <laughs> <laughs> Man, Great I, point. Great point. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to sabotage the team. I don't know, but mm. <laughs> but but you know, boiling wreck ain't too good. Thirty nine for eighty four with the Bulls. You know, right. missing playoffs three season row. We got to do something different. Yeah, yeah. you know. So it, it it his days are numbered now. A mm. a big D a. Hey, don't worry, man. Hey, that meal gonna come out ready, prep and prime and stuff. It's gonna be delicious. <laughs> Boy, I smell it, baby. Man, just put it your, smells hey, awesome. Hey, just put your dinner, just put your uh your dinner napkin on. That's all you oh, need. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here staring at the kitchen door like it's coming any day now. It's coming, baby. It's coming. It's coming, baby. <laughs> well, well, speaking of, of that, Jules, so you know, we got the the NBA draft that's gonna be coming up in probably October, I think. 
who do you guys like in this draft for the Bulls to to pick? Just with that idea of, of that of that meal. I hate this draft. I tell you why. Talk to him, Because I'm looking at this is called the draft of potential. You mm. know, there's there's so much potential in this draft. There's so mm. much fool's gold in this draft. There's so many ways to get fired, you know, as a general manager. Because you look at it, you go, like, uh, you got the LaMelo Ball situation. No knock against Australia basketball leagues, but that league sucked. I watched a couple of those games because I was thirsty for basketball, and I was upset watching LaMelo Ball, you know, go two for 18, go three for 16 one night, one great pass, and that's it. You know, uh, personally, I mean, looking at what's coming out of college right now, because we never got a chance to see NCAA tournament this year, we never got to see these guys on the big stage. It's hard to judge this talent right now based on workouts and based on the fact that they haven't won the big dance. They haven't went to the big dance. You know, we don't get an idea of what they're like under pressure right now. I mean, only, the only player that says you right now is Obi Toppin right now. I like, I like Obi Toppin mm-hmm. because the thing is, you know, the Bulls have, you know, we almost have everything else. You know, Wendell and Larry are going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. To me, Toppin – you know, his, his potential, he, he could be Antonio Madai's part two, or he could be Marcus Pfizer with athleticism. Those, oh. those are the two things with that guy. He could be Pfizer with a better offensive, with, with oh. a better athleticism, or, or he can end up turning oh. into, you know, Antonio Madai's a little bit more refined because he can shoot, he can, he can jump. He must be Antonio Madai's. Madai's was a great player for about two years in the league before he got hurt. <laughs> yeah, he was. Before he fractured that kneecap. You know, that was the one of the most – Man, that's up there with the Derrick injury. Watching players, you know, the player breaks like that, and you see him come back, and you you want that other gear back, and you just can't have it back. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I was watching Antonio Medias play. You know, I think that I think Toppin looks good. You know, I like the young I like the young punk guy uh, Killian out of uh, France is really awesome. But the thing is, him and Kobe White, you got a combo guard, and you bring another guard over like a combo guard. At that point, you kind of got that whole Portland dynamic, if you know what I mean. You know, mm-hmm. where they take turns burning you down at this point. You could do something like that. You know, the young kid from France has that ability. But, you know, we just got to see exactly what they're thinking right now. I think Toppin looks good. I think I think, I think, uh, I think, Wise, I think, I think Wiseman is fool's goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to me is, man, you know, I see that kid, and I see Joe Smith. And mm-hmm. I just get angry. I get angry. That's why Joe Smith comes up so much late. I've been watching videos at night just yelling at YouTube, like, what the hell was that? I mean, Weissman's got all the athletic ability, but in the NBA, everybody's athletic. Everybody, everybody is, you know, that's the, 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 the worst guy on the NBA roster can jump 30 inches or 40 inches off the ground. That's what people don't understand sometimes. There are bums in the NBA that dominate and pick up games. You know, Weissman looks mm-hmm. really good on tape, but he's just not – I wouldn't take that at one. I would take Melo at one. I mean, I like the kid from France or Toppin at one, well, one through three at this point. Well, I just, just real quick, I'm just echo, and I know Big D gonna have a lot of press. You gonna have a lot on this. Uh, I'm just echo off you, uh, Novak. Ob is my pick for the Bulls. Only reason because the power forward position, man, is something we can we can uh, elevate into a better uh, position for us. So, I mean, we got uh, that is young and uh, Feliciano, I guess. Um, <laughs> you say, you say wait, Feliciano. Feliciano. Yeah. What? What's that? <laughs> Feliciano. Yeah. What you say? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I feel that if we if we move uh, Obi in that power forward position, like you say with Wendell and Laurie and Small, you know, with Zach and with Kobe starting at point guard, you know, I think this would be a good uh, team to uh, watch. Explosive team, just run up and down the court and stuff like that. Uh, Scouts got Obi as a mixture between Blake Griffin and Mari Stoudemire, you know, so he's more athletic than 
than you know what we have right now in that position. So I would really like to see Bulls take the, take this guy here uh, and put them on their squad. You can go positionless with those guys out there. You saw what Denver did the other night with Bull Bull and everybody on the court. That was insane. Yeah, it was. That was awesome. Oh man! Oh man! It was like. I was. I had a tear in my eye to see that many big guys on the floor. Everybody was damn near seven feet on the floor. Yeah, man, it work. And, 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 and then Bobo got drug tested randomly. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, do you blame him? I mean, he hasn't played within a year. I mean, he's been doing YouTube videos, hanging out with Sharif, uh, Sharif O'Deal. That's what he's been doing for last year. <laughs> Oh man! Like we we got a chance to see a little Bobo because when Bobo was um, playing in the the uh, developmental league, he was playing for the Windy City Bulls. So we got a chance to see his game, and I was super impressed. You know, when I watching him play, and I was like, "Yo, this dude fluid!" Like like that's the thing you kind of you know um, want to see from a guy that tall, you know, and that long is being fluid because sometimes you can just be stiff, you know, and just you know mechanical. And things like, but the fact he was fluent and was, you know, crossing people over and shooting threes and playing like a guard, it was, it was, I was, I was impressed. And I was like, okay, with some conditioning and some work, he could be a problem. So, yeah, seeing what he did in Denver kind of brought a tear to my eye. Like, I was excited, you know, watching him like that. So, I, I understand what they were like, nah, bro, come on, in, in the cup, son, in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? Speaking back to a point that you made earlier, Big Dave, that's why I do give AK a little bit of a, a, a leash because look at that team that he helped build right. over there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Great point, man. Like, the what he did in Denver and just the, the lack of, like, quote-unquote superstars and big old names that he got. His, his MVP candidate is a second-round pick, you know, and, that, and that's, the, that's the joker. You know, Joker was a second-round pick. Bo Bowl is a second-round pick. Um, getting uh, 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 Michael Porter Jr., who I, who I wanted, you know, was a great calculated risk because yeah. at that time, you know, they were a successful team, so they could take a risk on him. They can afford for him to sit out a year – you know, and kind of work his way back into the game and see if he still got it or not. You can afford that. That's a very smart, calculated risk instead of, you know, mortgaging your team's future on, on a guy like that. Um, and then, you know, guys like Jamal uh, Murray, you know what I'm saying? It, it, was, it was awesome, man. Uh, uh, Grant out there doing his thing. And, you know, they just – they mesh together so well, and they're so well coached. And every time you look up and they're like second or third in the West. It's the West. You know what I'm saying? And they're, they're like second or third, and all all the big names are out there, and and they're the guys yeah. just plugging along. You know, just just playing team basketball. Offense is awesome. Defense is solid. They're well coached, and they're a problem. That's so that gives me hope when I when I think about AK because I'm like, obviously he knows the game, and obviously he's smart enough to put stuff together and see when somebody's you know not bright. You know, like he, <laughs> he knows it. So that stuff Look. gives me hope. And you see, is here's the thing: you get cats that want to play for you. That's that's the thing. These cats here in Chicago don't want to play for the organization, the old organization that we had. Mm. So you bring these cats in, and they if you know they love this organization and they down with them, they with them and and work with them. And man, that went through rolls for people. Yeah. So that that was a difference, like you say. You get a lot of second round picks that's out there killing it in, in different. Why is that? That's because the the organization was was like a family. It was a team, an actual team, mm. and they build they build them cats up so they want to play for these people, you know. Yeah, and man, that's that, why, like you said, AK and Elson gonna come in and you know do the same. 
because yeah. we need to get we need to get back in the, in them glory days now. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. We need to get back there. We need especially, it, especially after watching the last dance, man. That shit was oh. just it was Woo. amazing and sad all at the same time, man. Yeah, amazing and sad. Yes, at the yeah. same time. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that um the last dance inspired AK so much that he moved up the higher date for Mark Eversley. He said, AK, AK said after watching an episode of The Last Dance, he was so juiced and ready that he called Mark Eversley and hired him. He said, dude, I was going to do this actually tomorrow, but I'm telling you right now. <laughs> but I'm telling you tonight yeah. because I'm yeah. charged after watching this. I was like, this is the dude who mm-hmm. gets it. This is the dude who understands, you know, what the Bulls were and what it means to, you know, be a part of the Chicago Bulls and gets what it means to be part of that organization. So, Again, knowing all that stuff about him is is the reason I'm not panicking. It's the only reason I'm not panicking out here. I agree. I mean, he it's that fire. I mean, when he did Denver, it's phenomenal. I mean, you think about it. I mean, he they signed Millsap as a free agent. They built around that. Joker Joker's been incredible. I mean, the fact that that's like fighting gold in the middle of nowhere, pretty much the middle right. of the night. I mean, then you think about Murray. You know, they fleeced us, you know, <laughs> they fleeced yes. us for, yes. for a trade in that situation. But well, you talk about with Gary, Gary Harris, right? No, Gary no. Harris. I mean, Gary, Gary Harris, Harris and he's Nurkic. a tweener. He's a tweener. That guy, some nights he looks awesome. Other nights he looks like he's uninspired. And then Jamal Murray is so damn good. You can hide, you can hide pretty much Gary Harris when he's having a bad right. day. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then Gary Harris can can go win a game for you because of that. Yes, he can. You know what I'm saying? He can right. say, oh, I'm he because it's not dependent on him. You know, you can hide him, you can sneak him, but then in game six, he scores 40. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he goes off. Like that's that's basketball stuff. That's intelligent basketball stuff. And yeah, that, like you said, when he fleeced that trade, that was eight, that was AK. Like that was AK yeah. all day, man. So yeah, he knows. Yeah, he knew. I mean, he robbed us. I mean, Think about it. You got a Michigan State player. We got a Michigan State player that's sitting there riding right now, <laughs> which, which I just don't understand. I mean, this uh, was a cool dude, man. I see him a lot around the city. I know people uh, that know him. You know, I you know, I just don't understand it. He's yeah. the happiest. He's the happiest Chicago Bulls player that never plays. I ever seen him. <laughs> yeah, man, because he's like, dude, I'm still getting this check. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm making care of my family, right? I'm making these songs. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking care of my family. Like, you know, it's all. <laughs> that's bad, that's bad coaching, guys. Because at the end yeah. of the day, man, Denzel was cooking when they did let him play earlier in the year. Yeah, I complete I completely agree with you. Like, and and then to offer up the reasoning of Jim Boylan is is ridiculous. Because I, I still remember when they asked him why he wasn't in the start rotation, and he was like, "Because I said so." And then it was like, "Well, how does he get better?" He was like, "Well, he needs to play." Like, what? Wait, oh. <laughs> like, like what? Why isn't he? Why isn't he playing? Because I said so. But he's got to play. Like. Yeah, he- uh, he hit, my he hit, brain he, exploded. Yeah, he, man, he he responded like my mom's used to respond back in the Ex- day. I'm like, exactly, <laughs> exactly what I said, and that's why it made me so angry. You're talking to grown men, mm-hmm. You're talking to grown ups. You know what I'm right. saying? Talking to grown men and women like they kids because I said so. What are you talking about, dude? You're like, what? Dude, drove me insane. Drove me insane. <laughs> well, Dave, who do you like in this draft? Oh, man, you know, I'm going to echo uh, the sentiment uh, my man said about potential because um, this is a, it's weird because I usually pay attention to the draft, but I haven't been excited about this one at all. And <laughs> what it is interesting, though, the one player that excites me is LaMelo Ball. Like I, I'm excited by him when I watch him play because even when he goes three for 15 and three for 16, 
and all that stuff. I'm looking like, okay, well, who's he supposed to pass to? Right. <laughs> like, like who's look, who's look, at, look, who, look at who's on his team. Right? Who's on his squad? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like for real. Like, of course, I'm, I'm, I want you to go three for 40. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody, <laughs> nobody on your team, dog. Like, shoot all the shots you want. But, and what's interesting about him, though, he's super unselfish. He is. He is an unselfish basketball player. He's taking those shots because he knows he's got to uh, because there's no one there. But he likes setting people up and getting people in the ball. And you see the basketball IQ on that kid every time I watch him play. You see how smart and intelligent it's incredible. he is. incredible. And that blows me away. And I'm, I'm big on point guards. Like, this, it's my favorite position. So when I see you can control the game without scoring, you already elevated to me, which is why I love John Morant so, so much. Yes, sir. Um, when you can control it. Like, I know you can score, and I know you can dominate. But I love those guys who don't have to, who say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and get me these eight, nine points, but I'm going to get these 20 assists, which is why I love guys like Jason Kidd and, you know, Rondo and people like that who, who can do that without, without scoring the basketball and still, you know, dominate both ends of the court. Um, so, of course, LaMelo has the, a bunch of things he needs to work on. I'm not saying he's a perfect basketball player by any stretch of the imagination. But the fact is basketball IQ is so high at the age that he is, it excites me so much about him. Um, having him here for the Bulls uh, will be interesting because I'm, I'm still trying to work out that fit, how that would work. Because if he comes in, he's got to start. Like, he's got to play. And then you got Kobe White, who's got to play. And then you got Zach Levine, who's got to play. So I don't know how you're going to work that dynamic um, or, or have that issue. Uh, but I'm sure – He's going to go like either one or two. Uh, Wiseman, I, I haven't seen enough of him to even form an opinion on it. So I'm honestly going to lay on you. So when you call him Joe Smith, that just terrifies me <laughs> when I see that. Um, because, you know, he got, you know, kicked out of Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, did, I didn't even really see, get a good chance to see him play and, and see what he has to do. My man from France, I'm going to have to do my research on. And uh, Oban, like, I, I hear his name come up a lot too. Um, but for me, the Bulls – Front court is stacked, in my yep. opinion. Um, when you got, because when you got Gafford and you got Wendell and you got Laurie, um, and then you got Otto Porter Jr. Um, outside of outside of maybe the three position, uh, the four and the five, I think is is going to be interesting. Um, who you're going to start? So bringing another power forward in there, uh, I think he's going to be fighting for a time off the bench, and. I don't like guys coming in as a number one or two pick fighting for time off the bench. I think you should be coming in, you know, trying to play and, and trying to start. And again, this is me speculating that the Bulls are going to get like a top two, top three pick. Sure. Well, this is the thing, because you're right that that if you're drafting in the top three, that person needs to be a game changer. Right. right. So correct, correct. So I that's why I like a LaMelo ball, um, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm looking at this kid. He's six, seven, bro. That yeah. that size ratio. I mean, he's he's long guard and. I think he can grow to be a really good defensive player. I mean, look at the way Lonzo can lock people up. Okay. You know? Yeah, but Lonzo would go number one in his draft this year, too, if you think about that. I mean, if Lonzo was in college this year, he would go number one. If Lonzo was available, this draft is that thin right now. I mean, I like LaMelo. I do agree with Dave. I, you know, Dave, you know, you've got to be right. But that's another point. There is no one to pass to in Australia. I watched a lot of those games. And he had the jacket. <laughs> so you watching it. You watching it like, man, he just took another 35-footer. <laughs> off, off one leg. Off one falling leg, out, yes. Falling out of bounds. And he looked over at the bench. The coach was looking at him like, keep going. Keep going. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're right about that. So I do agree with you on that. It is sad to watch. And then you see his dad in the stands talking about, you know, he just made that shot. No, he didn't. 
That's probably, you see, though, I mean, I think the problem with him coming here is Chicago's such a big stage. Mm. If he comes here and he sucks, oh my God. You know, mm. if he does if he doesn't take control, you're right. If he comes here and he doesn't start, the media is gonna eat him. Yeah. First, of, f- first of all, I'm just gonna cut you off right there. The Bulls oh. are not drafting him. They do not want any parts of LeVar Ball. You already know. That's the other reason I want him, too. I do want LeVar Ball. I would love <laughs> oh, that, man. It would be awesome, though. He would be on everybody's podcast. Oh, my week. God, dog. Oh, oh, man. I think he said he wanted to go to New York anyway, didn't he? Yeah, he does. Mm. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that. But that's, that's what LeVar wants on the play. You know he just got hired over there. You don't want that. Yeah, Tibbs is great with point guards, though. I will yes, say that. Until they break. Until they break. Yeah, but you know what? But to Big Day's point, think about those third-string point guards that Tibbs shit made serviceable. I mean, them guys were balling. Yeah, he had C.J. Watson, and he had he had John Lucas the third out there balling. <laughs> hey, <laughs> dude, come on, man! He had that dude out there balling. Like, yeah, he was. That's DJ, Aug- DJ Augustine was out there killing, was cooking, cats. cooking cats. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man. Like he and and to show you how how good he is at point guards, when he put Joe Kim Noah at point guard because Noah was pretty much a, a point center, and when he when we ran him at point center, he's defensive player of the year. He was a first team All NBA. Yeah, that was the best year of his career yeah. when they ran that offense through him. Like, like he knows he knows point guards. He knows how to run a team through through that kind of player. So and then the next year, Joe Keaton going faded away. Yes, he did. Yes, yeah, his, yeah, his yeah. knees were destroyed, and <laughs> because because oh, Tibbs murdered him that year. You know, what I'm <laughs> but absolutely <laughs> right. Your job. Boy, you talking about you? You talking about use him up, boy? He used oh him up, God. didn't he? Oh, oh my goodness, man! You know. They're, they're, there were a lot of tombstones from that team. Rest in peace, New All Dang. New All Dang. Man. They, they, they literally almost killed my guy. Literally. Oh, man. Oh, literally. Man. Yes. Yeah. Literally almost murdered him. Yes. Literally almost killed him. And they denied it, talking about, we don't know what happened during that spinal tap. I'm what? like, come on now. It's a spinal tap. You know, right. People, you know. Most people, they, they, they left that man in the hospital room and went to go play a playoff game. Like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it said, turn the TV on. Let him watch what's happening. <laughs> like it was Friday Night Lights or something, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> remember the Titans or something, the right? Titans. Like, Come on, bro. Come man. on, man. It was terrible, man. Well, that's funny. <laughs> and then it brought him back to the UC and tried to celebrate him that night. That was the most awkward night ever at the UC. Oh, yes, it was. Well, but that's awful. because those guys said Gar was hella weird around them. Yeah. Players. <laughs> yeah. What you expect? Yeah. He's Gar. He's Gar. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's what he do. <laughs> it's what he do, man. That's crazy. Well, man, let's let's get into the bubble talk real quick, man, before we uh, get, get out of here. What, what you guys thinking about what's coming out the bubble uh, this week? I see Zion returned. We got a couple guys that left again. Like, mm-hmm. what you guys thinking about what's going on? Oh, man. The bubble is um, – it's, it's – it's awesome for me. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Interesting is a good word also, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, it's awesome. But, yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely understand why you say it's interesting because you, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, what is this? this is what's going on here? Uh, but just to see these guys out there playing is, is, is great. You know, you get excited. I was so excited that first day. You know, it's 3 o'clock, you know, and I'm watching the NBA, and I'm like, oh, yes, thank you. You know, basketball is on my screen. And – I was, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see the competitiveness uh, going forward and how that's going to kind of ramp up 
uh, when the season comes around. Because I believe it's uh, July 30th when everything kind of kicks off. Yep. And mm-hmm. just to see the competitiveness of guys, because you're still playing, they're still playing for something. You know what I mean? They're still playing for a title. And um, people can kind of downgrade it if they want to, but, you know, these guys are playing for a title. That's so right. So to watch mm-hmm. that and to just watch that competitiveness, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. The NBA has done, honestly, they've, so far they've done a really excellent job. For me, it's been trial and error the entire time. Um, Some things they've done correct, like they've had no cases of anybody there uh, with COVID. Uh, But then at the same time, watching the the, uh, seating arrangement, and and I was like, okay, that's weird, because they're still clapping hands and hanging around each other (laughs) while you separate them while they're sitting. But again... It's, yeah, it's, Dwight, Dwight Howard not wearing a mask. You got right, right, all, right, exactly. <laughs> all, all those kind of things. Yeah. It's, it's tr- But I let it go because it's trial and error, and this has never right. been done before. Like you know what I mean? Like right. this is all brand new to everybody. Like everything they do is brand new, and it's never been done. So I don't expect it to be perfect, but I do expect it to be you know right. And I do like the fact that it's been right uh, so far. It's been so far so good. That's the best way I put it. So far so good. Yeah, they've done a really good job with that. I've actually been really impressed. And the NBA continues to be one of the leagues that really gets it sometimes to me. Just because, I mean, you look at this whole situation. They put this thing together. They did it with player input. And they keep their players in mind. And a lot of these other leagues, think about MLB, think about the NFL. They don't always do that. So this has been really impressive to see this. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, the games haven't been too terrible. I mean, I caught caught the Lakers-Mavericks game last night. It was, you know, it's weird. Not it's weird hearing the basketball hit the court. It, it takes you back to what basketball used to be like. Mm. You know, it, it's strange when uh, you can hear every comment out there. I mean, they really got to watch what they say because you, <laughs> you hear everything going on out there. Yeah. I heard I heard LeBron say something other, uh, say something to uh, Javale McGee other night. He called them dumb, and I was like, wow, <laughs> you can hear it. I was just like, this Damn. is incredible. <laughs> but Jamel laughed it off, you know, looked at him like whatever, and they kept moving or whatever. But you hear every comment, you hear the coaches huddle, you can hear, you don't have to read lips anymore. You get everything spot on right now. Mm. The free I throw mean, line, the free throw line was weird too. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of conversations. I don't, I don't have. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, what you got, what you got, Jules? I, just real quick, I know I made in in, in uh, previous uh, podcast episodes, I had said. NBA, if they do this and get it right, they're going to look like geniuses. And right now, they're doing everything right, protecting the players and also giving people, the fans what they want, some, bas- some, some competitive basketball and stuff and giving these guys a chance, opportunity to win a championship. So, like uh, my man Big D-Dub said, man, it's, 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 been, it's been awesome. It's been awesome so, so far. Yeah, man, and I, I even, too, like the fact of how these players are using their platforms, you know, for social justice purposes. Yeah, yep. I mean, this has been amazing to see. I mean, look at the way Paul George and LeBron have been answering their questions. I mean, they're keeping everything front of mind, and they're not letting things, you know, kind of slip through the cracks, if you guys know what I mean. Absolutely right. And that's yeah. one of the things yeah. I always have loved about the NBA is the, the, the way they empower their players, you know, and, and you can see the empowerment of these guys when they speak out on this man when they talk about these cases and they talk about these things that are going on and they're adamant about it and then they're not just talking about it they're doing it too you know at the same time because you know mm-hmm. my dad always told me you know saying ain't like doing so sure. and you, you watching guys out there you know they talking sure. it and and they walking it at the same right. time so yeah man like everything yeah. they're doing it right i'll say they're doing it right man and, and mm-hmm. you know, it mm-hmm. makes you proud it makes you proud and, and i and i'll i'll say this um the officers that, that killed Breonna Taylor are still roaming around scot-free. And I think that 
it's crazy and sad, but I love the fact that these players are still keeping that message, you know, going forward. And, you know, hopefully Louisville gets it together. Yeah, staying on these guys' heads is what they are doing is what we all need to do is to stay on their heads on on that, man. And just using your voice and I I continue to tell people like there, there are a million ways to, you know, do something, you know, just like being a good parent, you know, there's a million ways to be a, a good parent. Um, there's many ways you can do so, whether using your platform like this podcast right here, uh, whether using your platform even on Twitter, whether getting out there and you're marching, whether you're com- contributing uh, monetarily, whether you're taking care of your family, whether you're educating your kids, you know, and to, to what's going mm-hmm. on and, and things that there's so many ways to do it. Uh, the only wrong way is to be silent and do nothing. That's the only wrong way to, to do it. And to see everybody still speaking up for Breonna Taylor and still uh, fighting for that struggle with George Floyd and still going out there for Ahmed Aubrey and man, dude, it, it's just it just makes you makes you feel you know proud you know that these people are still fighting because it's it's a fight for America. Period. That's how I look at it. Like it's always been a together thing for me. Um, right. Because that's what it is to me. You know, it's, racism has never been a black. Uh, problem never been a black problem. Racism for me is a white problem. Right. That's 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 their issue. We're the we're the ones suffering. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we're, the, <laughs> we're the ones dealing with this shit. So you know yeah. we're the ones dealing with it and suffering from it. So um, to see them out there actually trying to be proactive, you know, and, and changing things, and you know, trying to get these laws passed, and even a little when I saw LeBron James uh, donate uh, his uh, uh, I believe it's his I Promise uh, Foundation donate a hundred thousand dollars. To Florida to help those ex ex uh, convicts get those records expunged so they can yep. vote. Yep, that's stuff right there. That's that's talking it and walking it. You know yep. what I'm saying? Those are things right there that I love to see, and that I'm awesome seeing man right there. But yes, arrest mm-hmm. the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor, man. And man, let's let's keep on in that, bro. That's right, man. That's right. Well, man, this this been a, a hell of an episode, Big Dave. We definitely appreciate you have you coming on. It's been a lot of fun. I'm going to kick it over to Novak for our curtain call. It's the final segment here on the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. This curtain call goes out to our guest and now friend of the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast, Big Dave Watson, for joining us today. This is a fun discussion, and we absolutely appreciate you for coming on the show. We would definitely love to have you come back on the podcast in the future. Oh, man. Thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll come back. Mm. No question about it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, you awesome. let me know when. I'm, I'm in, baby. It's all we, good. We appreciate yeah, we, that. Um, before you head out, man, tell our audience a little bit more about your new venture there over at Ball. Oh, yes. The uh, Bow Sports Network, uh, BSN. <laughs> um, well, Chris and I have had this idea uh, for a long time, actually. Uh, we've always wanted a way to uh, get, shine more light on great podcasts like this one and, and shine more light on, on you know, the people creating this awesome content you know, and get their podcast heard, you know, and for people can hear them. And we tried, we wanted to create a platform where that can happen, where we can also, uh, as ourselves, create our own content, but we can also bring in other content creators who have their shows and have them on our uh, platform and for people to hear them and to check them out and to enjoy them. So the first show that came uh, out of that uh, idea was uh, Open Gym. Uh, it's an sh- awesome show, uh, kind of like uh, what you guys do here, kind of like what we do at Ball. You know, they discuss sports and they discuss culture. And they're just four really awesome dudes, man, um, just doing this. And 
you know, you can watch that show. Actually, it's also something you can watch on YouTube, which is the other part of uh, BSN now is, you know, we're making our way, you know, into YouTube because like I told you, we move at a turtle pace. So we're making our way over to uh, YouTube now also, but you can check them out on our podcasting network and you can check them out uh, on uh, YouTube. The show is called Open Gym and it's, it's a really awesome show, man. But yeah, we're just we're just excited to, you know, be doing more because now we're going to move Ball on Bulls and certain segments of Ball on Bulls, I should say, over to YouTube and certain segments of Ball, we're going to move over to YouTube. But uh, we'll never stop, you know, the podcasting. So you'll get you'll get uh, a different sound on the podcast than you will on YouTube. Um, but yeah, but we just we just wanted to create that platform for people to have it. And, you know, have put their shows on on uh, the BSN so, you know, more people can hear it and, you know, everybody can grow and elevate and we can all be silly together. So it's, it's an awesome thing, man. We, we just really enjoy it, man. We really do. That's what's up, man. Maybe one of these days we could pull up. Wow. Are you kidding? Absolutely, bro. Yes, absolutely. You all <laughs> could definitely come on, bro. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate yes. it. Appreciate say, sure. Say less. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what's up, man. We definitely appreciate that. As always, the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast is sponsored by Samato Coffee. Samato Coffee believes that coffee has to be unique and high quality from bean to cup. To learn more about Samato Coffee, please visit them at samatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. And use special Pulling Back the Curtain discount code Ballers Coffee to receive a 25% discount off your order. You can find the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. As always, thanks for the continued support. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain podcast. Thanks for listening. When the glory Peace. Comes, it will be ours. It will be ours. Oh, one day when the war is won, we will be sure.